You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into Crunch Time, a signing day edition of Crunch Time here on The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. Got a lot to get to in terms of signing day. Over 25 players signing with the Bayou Bengals. 22 signing with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And 22 with McNeese as well, although they're trying to get to 24. So interested to see how that plays out for the Cowboys. You can hear about their signing class on the McNeese Coaches Show at 6 o'clock tonight right here on The Game. Producer, co-host, and just a good old guy, Mr. James Mesh. James, good afternoon, sir. How are you? You tried to find a creative way. Ah, you tried. I, I try to not use the same phrase every time, and so it just you know, it's like hearing. And living, then also, it's in, like in, hearing living the dream and, and over then, and over again. And, and then also, you know, spirit of Christmas. I'm trying to not be a jerk, so. Which is hard because, I mean, just it, it's you. It's hard to not be mean to you. Um, I was going to say, usually I'm the one who bullies you. But uh, what's, what's going on, buddy? How are you? We're, we're at Wednesday at this point. Uh, I, yeah. thought, I thought Wednesday was yesterday. Funny no. enough. No. And I woke up, I was like, wait. Well, it kind of feels that way because tomorrow's going to be our Friday. Yeah. But so, I mean, I get where you, I, I, I get where you could maybe feel that way. I skipped over Tuesday. A lot of people would like to. Usually, people like to skip over Monday. See, Tuesday's the worst day. Tuesday's the worst day because it's like Mondays are bad. Don't get me wrong, but then you get to Tuesday, and you're like, "What are you good for?" Because Wednesday is that point where you're like, "Okay, you know, the week's halfway over. We're almost there. Just got to keep pushing." Mondays are just you know the start of the week, but Tuesdays like. What does Tuesday provide you? Nothing. The club going up. Tacos. Nothing. Nothing. It's not good. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, the club going up. I I, I got your reference. Very well club done. Club going up. Oh, well, you don't need to sing it. On Tuesday. <laughs> you don't need to sing it. It's okay. We we understood what, what the reference was. Uh, poll question of the day in honor of the LSU Tigers and their recruiting class. What are your thoughts on their class. So far, 18% say underperformed. 18% said that they could have done better. And 64% saying incredible. Ton says first full year of recruiting and Kelly is checking all the boxes. LSU is looking scary as heck, loading up and ready to throw down. It's an impressive class. It, it really is. Uh, you know, right now sitting at a probably the seventh ranked class. In America, as it stands now, actually they're now up to sixth uh, with you know guys like Lance Hurd and Deshaun Womack and Javian Toviano. I mean, you could go on and on about this class. Uh, Ricky Collins at quarterback, Mac Markway and Jackson McGowan at tight end. You get Trey Holly, the new LHSAA all-time leading rusher. Receivers, linebackers, 
DBs, Brian Kelly did a good job of going attack not only every position of need, but every position. You covered all the boxes. You got a quarterback. You got a running back. You got some receivers. You got linemen. You got tight ends. On the defensive Boy, side. Boy, they get tight ends, though. Right. Like three, three or four of them. Of them. Yeah. Um, and then on the defensive side, you got edge rushers. You got defensive linemen. You got linebackers. And you got secondary. You covered every position. Except for you didn't go get a kicker or a punter. But also, you, you look at your kicking and punting unit. They're young. Damian Ramos is a sophomore. I think Jay Bramblett's a sophomore as well. So, I mean, you're you're young there. You you don't really need to to attack that area. So, all in all, a good class. And then you know you add in the the transfers that they got late last night with Paris Shand, Braden Swinson, uh, both edge rushers. Shand coming from Arizona, Swinson coming from Oregon, and then you got a defensive lineman from Florida. Returning home to Baton Rouge, he played at Live Oak High School uh, in Jalen Lee. And then, of course, we talked the other day about Aaron Anderson flipping from Alabama to return home to the state of Louisiana. So a big first class, first full class, should I say, for Brian Kelly at LSU. Again, ranked sixth in the country. 706-0111. We want to hear your thoughts on the LSU recruiting class as well as Louisiana and McNeese. And also here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Before we get to the Cajuns and Cowboys, because we will, we will spend a ton of time on that couple of housekeeping Headlines to, to get to. Aaron Judge has been named the 16th captain in the history of the New York Yankees shortly after signing his nine-year $360 million contract. The Colts have benched Matt Ryan yet again. Shocker there. Uh, they will start Nick Foles this weekend against the Chargers. I thought that dude was out of the league. Uh Steelers Hall of Fame running back Franco Harris has died at the age of 72, two days shy of the 50th anniversary of what some people say is the greatest play in NFL history in the Immaculate Reception. Uh, The Steelers were planning to retire his number this weekend, coincidentally against the Raiders, and I'm I'm sure they still plan on doing so. However, it'll be a little bit more somber uh, this time than it would have been. Uh, And it's, it's even... Obviously, it's sad to lose anybody like this, but the fact that he did radio interviews as recent as yesterday and then now just gone, kind of crazy. And I, and I know it happens, but and everybody said, oh, you know, Franco was in good health. And so it, it's just it's just really sad when, when it happens that way. Uh, so obviously, thoughts and prayers to the Harris family and to the Steelers organization but the big story is a former Astro in shortstop Carlos Correa Correa signed a 13 year 350 million dollar contract with the San Francisco Giants last week pending a physical physical comes in there was an issue reportedly it was an issue with his back uh, that the Giants said, 
okay, you know, let, let's hold off on, on, on going through with this. Let's see what, let's get some more tests done. Let, let's see what this looks like. Well, in the process, Steve Cohen and the Mets come in and say, hey, Carlos, you want to come to Queens? We're not worried about your physical. Just come play for us. We'll, we'll give you 12 years for 315. You can play with your old buddy Francisco, Justin Verlander. We'll put you at third base. It'll be great. Carlos said, okay, I'm coming. I swear, I woke up this morning and I, and I saw the tweet because this happened at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Wake up, I saw the tweet. And the first thing I said was, this is a joke. This is funny. But then as I'm scrolling through, more people are talking about it. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this did happen. And then sure enough, you see the MLB post a thing about Carlos Craig on it. And I was like, oh, there it is. Okay. I mean, have you ever seen anything? Like, you you sign a deal that would have made you the guy in San Francisco. And then they want to hold off for, for extra testing on, on whatever injury you have going on. And you're just like, psych, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing for you. I got butt hurt because you think I'm injured and I just want to move on. Interesting. Let's go to the hotline now. Chad, what's up? Uh, not too much, man. Just a good day for uh, LSU. Uh, man, I, you said we were, I think, uh, six. I know it's splitting hairs, one through six, one through seven. Uh, it's all kind of the same thing, maybe a couple different players. But with Desmond Ricks, if he commits to LSU uh, tomorrow, uh, that should put us in the top five, uh, I think. I was looking for the points. And, man, listen, I was listening to the, uh, Brian Kelly's press conference today. Um, his his attitude, his business like is. Um, you have to be more to me of a CEO uh, th- these days. Uh, have a great staff around him, and um, there, he was asked a question about the portal and you know today's college football, and he said he, he thrives in this, like he loves it, uh, and that's just that that is just that business. Uh, aspect of of what he is at CEO man, and uh, I, I don't know. I think great things are ahead for uh, for the Tigers. Uh, just kind of get your thoughts and impressions about uh, that. And uh, I think we, if we get Desmond Ricks, man, I think we're going to be in the top five. Uh, Merry Christmas to y'all and your family, my friend. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Chad. Appreciate you. Yeah, if you can land Desmond Ricks tomorrow, yeah, you, you've got a top five recruiting class, and that's huge. Um, and I think there's a good chance that you land a guy like Desmond Ricks. JV and Toviano has been friends with Ricks for a while. They've talked, from from what I can tell, that they've talked fairly often since Toviano committed to LSU, and it it seems like it's something that could happen. You're not far behind Ohio State, so you, you could you could jump Ohio State and have a top five recruiting class. You know what's interesting. Even even your big name schools, you get one, two, five star recruits. Like you're you're rolling right. To prove how dominant Alabama has been the last ten years, James, their 2023 recruiting class has six five stars. Six. The next closest is three at Miami and Texas and Oregon. 
six five stars, 20 four stars, and you only signed one three star. That is bonkers numbers. Their class score a 95.971 according to on three. That is insane. So today's today's edition of Crunch Time at 4.30, Jarrett Rozier will join us to break down LSU's signing class in a little bit more detail. At 5 o'clock, we have a conversation with Jay Walker uh, as the Cajuns prepare to take on Texas tonight, and they also prepare for the Independence Bowl on Friday. And then at 5.30, Brendan Ertle will join us for Who Dat Wednesday. The Saints got a win on Sunday. However, they're going up to Cleveland, where it's going to be a wind chill of negative 17 Saturday afternoon. The Saints will probably not fare well there. But we'll talk about it with Brendan Ertle again on the hotline, 337-706-0111. If you want to get in on the action, the biggest names in today's music taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Little Nas X, and much more. And the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. All you got to do is enter in the rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like none other, and you can find out more by visiting 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Speaking of the website, we have breakdowns of each recruiting class, Louisiana, LSU, and McNeese, on our website. So if you want to go check that out, once again, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll take a time out when we return we will break down the Louisiana recruiting class and the McNeese recruiting class who won't have a press conference today to discuss the recruiting class. Why? Because they're still out on the road recruiting more guys. Impressive. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Helpful holiday tip number one. Remember to actually leave milk and cookies for Santa and not some hipster healthy option. The big fella is holly and jolly for a reason. This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Back here on Crunch Time, 20 after the hour, man, me guys, James Mesh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, up to 22 recruits now, 45% of them in the state of Louisiana. Pretty impressive staying close to home to, to get kids. Harvey Broussard is the latest to sign. He is a six foot three, 172 pound wide receiver out of St. Martinville Senior High School. He is a three star recruit by all outlets as well as Elijah Davis, who is a running back from Riverside Academy down there in Reserve, Louisiana. Also a three-star. The Cajuns putting a big emphasis on the offense as well as the defense. You're getting some big interior offensive linemen like Cooper Fordham and Matthew Broussard 
A.J. Giroux and Ty Stamey are, are some skilled players at the wide receiver and tight end position, respectively. And then you look on the defensive side, Lance Williams, an edge rusher out of Holy Cross, Jeremiah Moses, a, a DB from Bell Chase High School, Chase Edwards, an edge rusher from Sci Falls High School in Cypress, Texas, John Bragg on the offensive line, Micah Johnson, Kadarius Miller, Xavion Coleman, Kadarius Wade at the wide receiver position. The Cajuns took this opportunity to get, uh, again, kind of like LSU, they saw the holes in their in their team, and you went out and addressed them. And that's important because, you know, guys like Andre Jones and Zion Hill Green are, are going to be leaving the program after Friday, and you're going to have to get some pass rushers. And, and I think they've done a good job of doing that. You're going to have to get wide receivers, too, after Michael Jefferson and John Stevens and Dante Fleming all leave. Again, you, you did a good job of that with this class. One guy that really stands out to me is a guy by the name of Trey Fight. He is a edge rusher transferred in from SMU. He's got college experience already. He only spent one year at SMU, but again, one year in a program is huge. That's a huge experience boost coming in. He already knows you know, kind of how this thing goes. He did it at a similar size school at SMU. That's big. And he's going to come in as a three-star, 6'6", 200 pounds. He's very quick, very strong. He's going to provide a dangerous presence on the edge for Michael Desermo and Lamar Morgan on the defensive side of the ball. We talked about Elijah Davis. Man, James, something about running backs at UL named Elijah, right? Right. I mean, I It can- just works. It's like, I mean, you got Elijah McGuire, you then had Elijah Mitchell, and you got Elijah Davis. You got so, Elijah I mean, Davis, yeah. Are you going to have that hat trick of Elijah's? I hope so, because I like this kid. Watching his tape, he's strong. He gets into the second level. He's a little small, 5'9", 210, but... He's a thumper. Yeah, he's, he, he's a bowling ball. But what's, what's crazy is you look at him, and, and for 210, he's got breakaway speed when he gets into the second level. It's impressive. Um, so I'm interested to see what he's going to be able to do, how quickly he can make an impact with this team. Javion Haynes as well from Woodlawn Academy, his quarterback this past year, Ricky Collins, who just signed with LSU. Uh, so that was a that was a high-powered offense at Woodlawn this past year. Matthew Broussard's another guy that stands out, the three-star offensive tackle from from Edie White down in Thibodeau, six foot four, two hundred and eighty pounds. He's going to be a helpful presence for the Cajuns. John Bragg out of Austin is an interesting guy. Dalen Sibley, the linebacker from Lake Charles College Prep, didn't play any college ball, obviously, because he was out of high school. But going to a college prep academy is is good experience in a time management standpoint because they try to run similar schedules there that you would run at a university. Uh, So that's important as well. And Jalen Lawrence out of Acadiana is, is going to be a guy that can make some noise for the Cajuns staying right here at home. Cody Jackson from Evangel as well. Looking at McNeese's class, uh, again, still still adding to it um, so far this season. 22 guys on the list so far. One big need they're trying to address is quarterback 
and they got a good one. How about a transfer straight out of Iowa State in Nate Glantz, who is going to play quarterback for the Cowboys. He is, I've seen some of his tape. He's impressive. Um, he is a six foot, 206 pound quarterback out of Elkhorn, Nebraska. Again, spent the first, spent this past year at Iowa State, and he's, he's a talented player. Looking at McNeese's quarterback situation, Ryan Roberts had to step in late in the season due to guys like Cam Ransom getting demoted to scout team and just a, a couple other oddball situations. Walker Wood moved to running back, things like that. But you know other areas that they they made some noise in. You got a good running back from Air Force, uh, which was impressive. You got some good size on the defensive line, including a guy from Mississippi Gulf Coast, six foot, two hundred and fifty nine pounds. You got a great offensive lineman from Valdosta State and Elijah Melendez, six five, three hundred. That is a monster athlete for McNeese. You know. You, you you look at a FCS program like McNeese and you think, man, you know, if you can sign 15, 16 guys on early signing day, it's a big win. They signed 22. That is just absolutely impressive for Gary Goff in his second season in Lake Charles. So, and again, didn't even have a press conference today because he's still out on the road recruiting. So interested to see if they're able to bag any more players before Friday's deadline in this early signing period. Your Alexa or Google Home smart speakers can help you out around the house. They allow you to control your lights, your thermostats, and so much more. But did you know that it could also play the game? Just ask Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. Take a timeout. Jarrett Rozier joins us next for a conversation into LSU's recruiting class right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Helpful holiday tip number 12. Use caution when adding bourbon to your eggnog. Everyone likes a good time, but no one wants to see you have a pants down, face down in the yard good time, okay? This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We got Jared Rozier on the hotline to talk more about LSU's recruiting class. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about someone very special that's coming to town. No, it's not Santa. He'll be there on the 25th. But I want to tell you about Santa Barkley. He's giving away 20. They're delivering $20 million in gifts this holiday season to all FanDuel customers. It doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice. St. Chuck has something for everyone. Just check the FanDuel app for no sweat, same game parlays, bonuses, and all sorts of stuff that'll fill you with holiday cheer. If you're new to FanDuel, now is the perfect time to sign up and remember to use promo code KLWB. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great promotions, and when you win, you'll get paid instantly. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and get in on the holiday spirit with $20 million in gifts from Santa Barkley. 
You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Price toll is dependent on customer participation. Wager requirements apply. Gifts awarded as non-withdrawable site credit or free bets. See Fandle.com for terms and conditions. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Jarrett Rozier, how are you, sir? Not too bad, man. How are y'all this afternoon? Doing good, man. Doing good. So, you know, signing day is always hectic and there, there's always some drama. But but for somebody like you that's been doing this for a while, does it ever get old? Uh, no, I, I enjoy it. I think my perspective on it has certainly changed through the years, and obviously there's a lot a lot of changes in recruiting and in national signing days in recent years with first the institution of the, the early signing period and programs adjusting to that, and now with how much of a twist the transfer portal has put on everything. Um, it, it's changed a lot, but the more I go through signing days, I feel like the less caught up in a lot of the the flip dynamics and, and all the drama and the more and more I just enjoy seeing some of the, the young high school athletes get those opportunities and just kind of smile as they, they celebrate with their family, especially now with the transfer portal making those those spots that much more precious uh, because you're seeing some of the high school guys have more and more trouble finding homes because of the availability of some of those transfer guys. Now, looking at LSU's class specifically, currently sixth in the nation, could go top five tomorrow if you, if you end up signing Desmond Ricks. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Brian Kelly's class this year? I think it's been a great class so far. Um, you, you only really had one one miss, somewhat surprise, although it had kind of trended this way a little bit in recent days with Dale and Austin, the cornerback from. California ending up staying West Coast and and heading to Oregon, but you also end up flipping the the Vanderbilt tight end commit to to come join the class. Um, you know, late this morning in Kamari and Pimpton, and so finish at least for this year's class addressing a position of need as they try and rebuild that that tight end room. But to to come out of today, it looks like with 25 high school signees as well as you picked up the Alabama transfer Aaron Anderson just a couple of days ago for that wide receiver room and know that you are still well positioned, you feel like, for Desmond Ricks tomorrow to further bolster that cornerback group and are continuing to, to attack the portal and, and have some flexibility to add further um, you know, in, in the coming, coming week and, and coming months with that old traditional signing period because uh, Brian Kelly said they would like to, to get into that mid-30s range uh, now that that 25-man class cap is off. I think you, you see a, a great base in terms of the, the 15 guys from around the state as well as picking some, some top talent from all over the country in areas where LSU has not traditionally recruited. Um, and so – getting that nice mix of, of home versus, as well as top talent from elsewhere and addressing some of those positions of need um, with the, the few transfer portal additions so far and Aaron Anderson and then the three defensive linemen last night, as well as all these, these new high school signees today. It's, it's a, a great start for the first full recruiting cycle that Brian Kelly and company have had in Baton Rouge. So, you know, you look at the class, Lance Hurd, 
Shelton Sampson Jr., Deshaun Womack, JV and Toviano, and a, and a handful of others. There's a lot of names that, that stick out. Who in this class really impresses you the most? Yeah, I think Jalen Brown, the receiver from Florida, is going to be someone to watch as much as folks in Louisiana know Shelton Sampson. Uh, Jalen Brown was, was even higher rated, and having those two guys to be able to to put on the, the perimeter and, and make plays downfield, I think especially as a couple of these, these veteran wide receivers wind down their time um, and, and kind of pass the baton to these, these young guys, those are going to be guys that are really impressive, um, really the receiving group as a whole, because I think Kyle Parker is going to surprise some people. I love Kai Preen from, from St. James. Uh, that's that's going to be a good group, even just looking at the high school guys without tossing Aaron Anderson into the mix, who's obviously a big get. Uh, Lance Hurd is someone that I really liked as a sophomore defensive tackle at Bastrop, and then to watch his continued development and transformation over to an offensive tackle at Neville the past couple of years, uh, you know, playing on the opposite side of that line from Will Campbell a year ago, and then taking over as the guy uh, this past season. I think he's someone that I look at as probably being able to play pretty early in his career as well as have still a, a lot of ceiling left to reach that folks should be really excited about him coming down to Baton Rouge and continuing that pipeline from, from Neville. I think you've got a good combination at the, the running back spot with Trey Holly, the record setter, Mean Parish, a little bit smaller, quicker guy uh, versus Caleb Jackson from right at home in, in Baton Rouge. A little bit more size and physicality to him, uh, but still some good speed. And the list goes on. It's, it's really got a, a good good group. Um, we're hitting on some of the those top names, but there's some some guys that with a, a year or two to develop, um, getting the Woodlawn High quarterback Ricky Collins in there and, and letting him uh, mature a little bit and, and get some work with Coach Joe Sloan for a couple of years. I'm looking forward to his career long-term in purple and gold. A guy out of state, Paul Mobenga from Georgia, has been a kind of overlooked offensive lineman, but I think it's going to be someone that can be a really flexible piece for that that offensive line group for years to come as well um, once he, he gets to Baton Rouge and gets into that college strength program and everything. I, I, I really am very high on this class overall. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Ricky Collins because it brings up an interesting conversation. In the spring of 2024, if, if Garrett Nussmeyer is still with LSU, you're going to have an interesting quarterback competition with Nussmeyer, Walker Howard, and Ricky Collins. No doubt. And it's when you watch some of those those competitions, those position battles develop now, and you have that added wrinkle of the transfer portal it takes people a very short amount of time to wonder will all of these particularly quarterbacks but will all of these players at any given position be there um, depending on how it all sorts out we've seen situations already where um, brian kelly and and the staff can can convince um, can convince these quarterbacks to stick it out and battle through it Um, and, and obviously the spring of 2024 is a long way away um, from now, and so a, a lot can change and go a variety of different ways for, for any of these guys and for the program as a whole um, in terms of how things play out 
anywhere from practice to the recruiting trail for future classes. Um, that, that quarterback spot for any top program now moving forward is going to have even higher level of, of spotlight and magnifying glass on it because of the transfer portal. Um, and, and you're going to see programs continue to recruit top talent year in and year out and, and just have to kind of figure out if, if they can keep everyone or you know, leave it up to those guys if they want to make the move. Um, but you'll see top programs still pull top quarterbacks year in and year out, and so that conversation is going to be a pretty annual one for, uh, for most programs at the quarterback spot of, of whether they can retain all of the talent they have at a given moment. Jarrett Rozier of Tiger Details joining us. Now, Jarrett, looking at this class, last year you had a you, you had Harold Perkins in your class and a, he made an immediate impact with this football team. Is there a guy in this class that you're looking at as a you know, watch him, he can make an immediate impact for the Tigers in 2023? Yeah, I I think the I'm interested interested to see if if a if a Jalen Brown potentially can can break into that already deep receiving group um, and possibly get some early opportunities. I'm interested to see a a Lance Hurd um, from Neville. I think he has the ability to kind of follow the footsteps of the 2022 tackle signees and, and possibly force his way into into that rotation early in the the offensive line. Um, the, the secondary just needs guys to step up particularly uh on the outside at those corner positions because of everything that they're losing to graduation and and the nfl and so a guy so far like a a jv and tobiano who signed today as well as if you can ultimately add desmond ricks on thursday those would be two to to certainly watch uh, in terms of high-end talent but also a position of need those would probably be some of the ones that stand out first um but i know you know, Trey Holly's he's itching to get in there and, and was even on Twitter today telling uh, Coach Kelly how, how he's ready to come in and make an immediate impact. Um, so don't overlook uh, potentially one or both of those running backs kind of finding their way into the mix depending on how that stable back there uh, develops over the, you know, over the coming months. Looking around college football with the, with the signing period, is there anybody, especially in the SEC, that has kind of surprised you with either how well or maybe how poorly they've recruited? I know, you know, it takes me a little time. I'm on the road so much during National Signing Day that it takes me until the evening to really get the better national perspective. I know I've seen a lot of chirping, uh, particularly from folks in Louisiana, about Florida. Uh, having some issues today and losing losing some key pieces, and so that's one that I, I imagine that some fans in Lafayette have have had some eyes on as well uh, with with Coach Napier and and company. So many members of that that old Cajun staff that are now down in Gainesville, um, but I haven't put eyes enough on it to to really have a strong feel for for how it's played out. So I don't know if it's um, you know some some LSU fans and and local LSU media that have just been a little bit more vocal that I've happened to see just because of the nature of my timeline or uh, if that has been an issue. But I know there have been a couple of guys that they've missed over the course of today uh, down in Gainesville. Jarrett Rozier of Tiger Details joining us. Jarrett, as we kind of start wrapping up, you know, you brought up Aaron Anderson. He's a guy that LSU missed out on 
the first time, and, and he ended up going to Alabama. Brian Kelly was able to make it right and get him back home in, in Baton Rouge. How crucial is that to to get Aaron Anderson back in the state of Louisiana and the impact he can make in this offense? Yeah, I think even before you try to gauge what impact Aaron Anderson's going to make for the offense, you look at an immediate impact as, as a returner for a special teams unit that was abysmal this past year. And so I know that's, that's an area where when Aaron Anderson became available that Brian Kelly and company immediately identified the boxes he checked in terms of what he could bring to, to that unit, that third phase, as well as fitting the mold of wanting to bring some Louisiana guys back home uh, and certainly a, a program like Edna Carr to have someone like an Aaron Anderson come back home and play for LSU is, is nice as you try to uh, recruit Edna Carr guys for, for years to come. Uh, and so I think you expect him to jump in there and make an impact in the return game right off the bat. And as much as we talk about the depth of that receiver group, Aaron Anderson and, and Kyle Parker, the, uh, the freshman signee from, from Lovejoy High in Texas, uh, both bring a little bit of a different look to what we see from some of these other bigger receivers that are, that are already in the mix. And so I think as stacked as that group is, there is an opportunity for Aaron to, to come in and, and kind of carve his, his role out in that offense as well. Um, but, you know, regardless of, of the time that that may take, I think you'll see some major dividends on special team uh, either way very quickly. Jared Rozier of Tiger Details joining us here on Crunch Time. Jared, appreciate you as always, man. Have a Merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good to me. Always a pleasure to chat with you all, and, and you all have a great Christmas and great holidays. And there he goes, Jarrett Rozier of Tiger Details and Louisiana versus y'all. If you haven't checked that page out, it's uh, fantastic. So definitely don't miss out on that. Another guy that hasn't really been talked about a whole lot in this recruiting class, keep an eye out on Whit Weeks. Whit Weeks is a 6'2", 205-pound linebacker out of Watkinsville, Georgia. And if that last name sounds familiar, it's because his older brother, West, is already on the LSU football team. So that kind of helped pull Whit in. Whit's a four-star recruit. Uh plays, like I said, plays linebacker. LSU had to fight off Georgia, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and Stanford to land him. And so the two Weeks brothers could be making some noise in Death Valley over the next couple of years. That'd be easy for mom and dad, right? Dad wear one jersey, mom wear the other? Works out? Or, or you, you've seen parents like take two jerseys and stitch them together? I don't know. I mean, you, you could work something out. The, the nameplate's easy. It's the same last name. Well, you would tend to uh, do that with different teams. Well, right, but I guess just don't wear a jersey at all and just wear LSU gear. But I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see how, how mom and dad handle that. Um, Maybe one parent gets one kid, right. and then the other one gets the other. Interesting. It'll... Uh, Mom. It's it's always good to see to see brothers join up on the same team though. Dad gets the older, mom gets the younger. It's even it it's always awesome also to to see like you talked about when when guys play against each other. You see it a lot in the NFL, like the St. Uh, Browns. Yeah, and and the Ridley brothers. Because because when you talked about the jersey split, 
That's what that was the first one I thought of more recently was last year when uh the St. Brown brothers, uh Amon Ra is on the Lions and then I I struggle with this first name. Aquarius or something like that. Yeah, he's with the Packers. Yeah. So then dad had one half be Lions. Nice. And then the other half was Packers. Just stitched it together. Nice. Yeah, gotta love that. You gotta love that. You can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Nonstop Christmas music 24-7. Listen live at lachristmaschannel.com or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices or your Amazon Alexa. Listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Christmas coming soon. James Santa bringing you what you want. I hope so. I hope you, I hope you get a bag of coal. Helpful holiday tip number 24. Do not buy your wonderful wife a mixer or knife set or any other kitchen item. Since she puts up with you all year, she deserves jewelry, you filthy animal. This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. By the way, Equanimeous St. Brown is actually now with the Bears, so he's still within the division. Yikes. But I wanna I wanna go back to something. We had visited really quickly earlier in the show, but but before that, kinda wanna billboard a little bit. In about ten minutes, we are gonna do Cajun's Corner with Jay Walker. Got a day early since uh got a game tomorrow. Or no, well they have game it tonight. tonight. They they technically have it tonight. But we were still able to get with them. And then we're at five thirty, gonna do Who Dat Wednesday with Brendan Ertle, so don't miss out on that. But going back to a little earlier, when we were talking about how Franco Harris has tragically passed today, and we're just two days away from probably one of the most iconic, if not the iconic, sports moment and football moment, probably definitely the biggest Steelers moment, the Immaculate Reception back on December 23rd, 1972, George, or not George, I'm sorry, Ken the Snake Stabler scored a 30-yard touchdown late in the fourth quarter to put the Raiders up over the Steelers 7-6. And then Franco Harris, a miracle, immaculate, crazy reception. It was immaculate. 60-yard touchdown with about 20 seconds left in the game. Dude was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and... Unfortunately, what one thing that really gets to me is whenever teams and organizations wait a really long time to kind of com- commemorate certain players and certain moments in their history. Uh-huh. Like we we'd seen it before. Sam Mills was already passed by the time he got his number retired. Of he got his number retired and got into the hall. Same thing with Ricky Jackson. Mm-hmm. And now we see with Franco because it was like two days away from 50 years and you're just now getting to the Jersey retirement. Like the 25 years to me would have been very much long enough. Franco is one of your biggest names in your organization's history. And you're waiting till the 50 year. Like I would have understood, understood a little bit more if it was a 50 yard touchdown to win the game, but it was 60. So it's like, why are you waiting till the 50 year anniversary? Just get it done like Cause, 20 years down the line. Because they're playing the Raiders. Like. Because they're playing the Raiders. But you're both in the AFC. You could still schedule it to be like that. I just. I, and I don't then, get And it. then the other thing is that Frank goes. I think, I think 
it, it definitely deserves all this hype, but like I feel like you could have you could have done this a lot sooner. The other the other thing is is that Franco's been in good health for so long that the Steelers didn't feel like they needed to rush it. But I totally agree. It should have been done sooner. Um while we're while him, we're him talking, being healthy at seventy two should not have determined we can wait till the fifty year. While we're while we're talking about people that need their jerseys retired, uh, Alfred Payton, Sean Long, Reducation Basketball, just just gonna throw that out there. Um, it, it feels like it's about that time. Alfred's been out of the program for quite a few years now, almost ten years now. Like I feel like you you sh- we sh- you yep. should be able to hit this within the next couple of years. Yep, kind of kind of knock it out. I agree. I, I agree. feel like I feel like teams and organizations and programs need to kind of hit on that more often because it's you waiting until they pass. I know, like they already planned it, but fifty years. Oh, it's a long time. It's a long time. It, it's ridiculous. It like, is. show more respect to the players that have given their blood, sweat, and tears, and pretty much their lives a lot of the time to this sport and to your organization for this many years. We'll be back after this here on Crunch Time. Ooh, of Crunch Time here on the game. It's one zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. LSU has posted a graphic on their TVs around the football ops center displaying all 25 signees uh, in, in one single graphic, again, on their TVs throughout the building. And... LSU football just posted a video on their Twitter that I, I think is absolutely top level petty, and I'm here for it. Uh, it was they retweeted the the picture of the graphic, and it was a snippet of an interview that Tom Rinaldi did with Brian Kelly, and he said, "What's the one comment from the public that that really sticks out with you?" And Brian Kelly said, "The fact that they think that I don't recruit well." Oh. That's fantastic. Anyways, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns play Texas tonight in basketball at the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. And then Friday, it will be the Independence Bowl against Houston with a 2 o'clock kick. Earlier today, we got to sit down with the voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Uh, was a little too close to game time to do it live. Uh, Jay talked to us about the matchup with the Longhorns, and we previewed the bowl matchup with the Cougars. The only reason we didn't touch on National Signing Day was because it was still going on, um, and, and we really didn't want to talk touch on it, you know, while things were constantly updating. Uh, so we will get to that, you know, later this week and early next week. But uh, here is this week's edition of Cajuns Corner. Going deep downfield, he's got a receiver. It's caught. Touchdown, Louisiana. Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker, happy Wednesday to you, sir. How are you? I'm I'm just uh, lovely, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's Wednesday because, boy, tomorrow night it's going to be cold. Yeah, um, to to say the least. But uh, on top of that, over the next forty eight hours, you're you're gonna be one busy man. Tis the season, fa la 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 la. You know, I mean, that's um, you know, you have when you have the overlap between two sports, you, you you do sometimes get busy, but it's 
it's just kind of the way this falls because you've got a really important basketball game uh, tonight, and then you got a bowl game. So it, that magnifies it even more. But yeah, you know things are things are going to get uh, really busy, and like right after basketball tonight, I'm in the car driving to Shreveport. Before we get to the bowl game, let's talk about that basketball game tonight taking place in the Moody Center in Austin, Texas, between the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and the seventh-ranked Longhorns. Both of these teams coming into this game with one loss, Texas at 9-1, and one, Louisiana at 10-1. and one. And, you know, looking at the numbers, obviously, you know, they've, they've played different opponents, but if you, if you look on paper, Jay, pretty similar teams so far this year. They are. Um, you know, I, both teams are going to play about nine guys. Um, both teams uh, have some guys who can shoot it from the perimeter. Both teams have got guys uh, who are good inside players. So, so yeah, you know, I, I, I do think there are some similarities between the teams. Now, you know, if you look, though, the most glaring statistic to me is the Cajuns are averaging about 83, 84 points a game. Texas is giving up 60. And um, the, 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 this, is, this stat is very unusual. Texas is plus seven in turnover margin. They're averaging 11 turnovers, but they're turning you over at the rate of 18 times a game. Now, that's seven extra possessions that you get in a basketball game. The other thing is that, you know, Texas is known for their defense, uh, and, you know, they're they're allowing less than 40% from the field, less than 30% from three-point range. It's a very good defensive team the Cajuns are going to play. Now, you know, obviously you look at the Texas Longhorns program right now, the the news surrounding them is the suspension of, of head coach Chris Beard. How do you think that factors into this game, if at all? Uh, you know what, this is going to be the, the third game that they have now without him, so I think the novelty is kind of worn off. I, I think Texas is just going to go out and be Texas. Uh, I think that um, you know the coaching staff there. I think has been emphasizing that from the beginning. It's you know guys, you don't have any control over this situation. Just go be Texas. And uh, they struggled in that first game against Rice. They had to go overtime to beat them. Um, but they you know they defeated uh, the Stanford double digits on uh, Sunday. And you know I'm, I'm sure that uh, they're just kind of kind of used to what's going on now. And I don't I don't think it's going to be much of a factor Before- at all. Before we get to the bowl game on Friday, what does Bob Marlin and company have to do tonight to to shock some people and get an upset on the road? Well, the first thing they got to do is take care of the basketball. Uh, that's first and foremost. You know, the Cajun point guards are going to be under a lot of pressure in this game tonight. You know, you can't you can't be minus seven uh, in turnovers. You've got to you've got to try to play that game. You know, within about three or so, and and I think. I think the other thing, and this is just something we've seen in the last two games, the Cajuns have not done a good job uh, on the defensive boards. They've given up way too many offensive rebounds the last two games. Um, you know, the kid from McNeese the other night, Shoemate, he had more offensive rebounds by himself than the Cajuns had as a team. So that is, that is the, the statistic that jumps out at me. And the, and the thing that's, uh, that the Cajuns have done the last two games that jumps out at me 
that happens tonight, they're in trouble. Now, Jay, looking at the the Independence Bowl on Friday in Shreveport, you know, heading into the season, if, if I would have told you that uh, Houston would have been seven and five and, and playing the Cajuns in the Independence Bowl, you probably would have called me crazy. Well, it wouldn't have been the first time I've called you crazy, my friend. I mean, that's uh, very true. <laughs> I. Um... Yeah, you know, this was a team that was nationally ranked at the beginning of the season. It's a team that was uh, picked to win the American. Um, they had a couple of uh, a couple of bad injuries defensively, one about four games into the season, and then the other one later in the season, um, and I, which I think hurt them. Uh, offensively, easily the best team the Cajuns have played this year. I mean, and I'm going to and. Uh, I think I'm going to include Florida State with that. I, I, I just think Houston is outrageously good on, on offense. Um, but, they're also, but they're also very vulnerable defensively. Um, so, you know, this is, this is going to be unlike a game that the Cajuns have played a whole lot of this year. I mean, this, I, this is a game where the Cajun off, you know, we've been talking about the Cajun defense all year long. This is a game that the Cajun offense has got to go out and be really good. Yeah. Because Houston is going to score points. They've only been held under 30 once, and that was in the loss that they had to Tulane. This this team is very capable of putting up a lot of points, and so the Cajun offense is going to have to be good because you can't ask the defense to go out and hold this team to, to, to 18 or 20 points. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that you know, you look at the numbers, they're, they're averaging 37 points a game. Like you said, they were held under 30 just one time. Um, I mean, this is an offense that, that scores the ball, and, and it's led by Clayton Toon, 3,800 passing yards with a 37-10 to 10 touchdown-interception ratio. He's also their leading rusher with almost 500 yards on the ground. Uh, a, a guy that can do it both, I, I don't care how good your, your defense is, when you've got a dual-threat guy with numbers like that, it, it could make for a long afternoon. No, he's dynamic. Um, you know, he's, he's very good at what he does. Now, he didn't turn it over. Uh, ten times this year, I mean, via the interception, Houston, and, and you know, if you want to look at why they're seven and five, they're minus eight in turnover margin this year. The Cajuns are plus eight, um, and so the Cajuns are, are going to have to take advantage of that statistic, I think. But you know, you also got a guy like Nathaniel Dean, who's their slot guy, he's got 103 catches, um, he's got 15 touchdowns receiving. Another one is a punt returner. They got a couple of dynamic guys out there, and they got they got an O line that's that's really good. Now defensively, they've sacked the quarterback thirty times this year. They're very aggressive, but you can get some things done against them as well. Um, you know, on on paper, this is a good team, but you know, we don't play them on paper. Yeah, you know, you, you talked about that defense. You got three guys, you know, with with four or more sacks. Just kind of talk about, and actually, all three of them being on the the defensive line. What's kind of the, the game plan from, from your perspective, Jay, for, for the Cajuns' offensive line to, to maybe slow that down and, and give Chandler Field some time? Well, I think when you have an offense that's really, really aggressive, you know, I, I think sometimes you've got to out-scheme them. You know, sometimes you've got to do the stuff that they don't expect you to be doing. You know, the, the Cajuns like the ground game, Um this is going to be a game where, where I think you're going to see him maybe throw it early 
because I don't think Houston's going to be expecting them to do it. And then when Houston makes some adjustments, then you can go ahead and attack maybe through the air. Um, but the, but the Cajuns, I think, are just going to have to be very efficient in everything they do on offense. You know, when you got a chance to make a big play, you got to make a big play. Now, that's not going to be as easy a thing to do, you know, because you don't have Michael Jefferson and, and you don't have Fleming. And those are guys that can, that can really help you uh, in the vertical passing game. Um, you know, the Cajuns' pass rush is going to be uh, hurt by the fact that Andre Jones is not there. Uh, so the Cajuns are missing some key people. Uh, Houston lost a couple of key people, like I said earlier in the season, because of injury, but not because of the transfer portal. I mean, they, they don't have anybody opting out for this game. Uh, the only player that they have in the transfer portal is a third-string quarterback. So this is a team that you, you, you're not going to catch them shorthanded. Uh, they, got, they got everybody ready. Yeah, you know, you, you talked about Andre Jones and Michael Jefferson being two guys that opted out for the Cajuns. Obviously, huge losses and guys that you can't replace. But Jay, what? How do you how do you fill the void that those two guys are going to leave? Uh, you know what? It's a cliche, and I honestly, there's some cliches that I really don't like in sports. Defense wins championships. You know, shut up. You still got to score more points than the other team. Okay, so 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 don't give me that tired cliche. The other one is next man up. You know that you're going to hear it. You hear it all the time. Guy goes down, coach says, next man up. You know, a fan saying, next man up. Well, you know, you can do next man up, but there's a reason why your your guys um, that are all conference guys, there's a reason why they are. It's because they're really good. So, you know, it's next man up. uh, And at the same time, you can't expect next, next man up to go play like Andre Jones. I mean, they, they ain't but one of him. And so, you know, you, you just do the best you can with what you got, and that's what Mike and, um, and his staff's going to have to do Friday. Do you think there's any plan to maybe get Zeon Chris involved or, or anything like that for this game? Not, not, not as long as Chandler Fields is, um, uh, is uh, effective. You know, I mean, if, if he goes out and he's playing poorly, maybe they do something, but I don't. I don't think this is a game where you're going to say, okay, let's, let's see how many snaps we can get for Zeon Chris. I mean, Zeon Chris has played very little this year. Um, I, you know, I think the guy's got mad skills and, and no experience. Um, so, no, I don't expect that to happen as long as Chandler Fields is, uh, is effective and, and healthy. And I think he's going to be the guy. Who's your X factor for the Cajuns? Who's got to step up and, make, and have a big game in order for the Cajuns to win? You know, I, I think it's John Stevens. Um, you know, he is he's the one guy that the Cajuns have that can stretch the field a little bit. You know, he's kind of gotten overshadowed by Jefferson this year. But Stevens can be a big play guy. And and I think there's gonna have a there's gonna be a time in the game where the Cajuns are gonna have to make a couple of big plays on offense. And I think Stevens is probably the guy who's most likely to be involved in that. Wrapping up, Jay, if the Cajuns want to lift an Independence Bowl trophy for the first time, what do they have to do? Well, you know, like I said earlier, I, I think this is a game where the offense has to go out and be very efficient and make a lot of things happen. I, uh, I, think, you're, uh, I think the running game is going to be important, first of all, because it's what the Cajuns like to do. And secondly, 
you know, you can still score 37 a game um, if the other team's running the ball effectively, but you can't do it as easily because you don't have the ball as much. Uh, and and I, so I think the, the, the running game is going to be really important for the Cajuns as well. Jay Walker joining us here for Cajuns Corner. Jay, appreciate you as always. Have a great call tonight between the Cajuns and the Longhorns, and uh, have a spare jacket waiting for me Friday in Shreveport, will you? Uh, I, I shall uh, I shall do my best, and as always, uh, oh, by the way, Merry Christmas to you and James. Um, hope you guys uh, have a great holiday, and go Cajuns. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajun's Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Helpful holiday tip number 36. Your precious little ones should receive a few boxes of boring clothes under the tree. Yeah, they'll surely be disappointed, but that helps build character. This helpful holiday tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. National Signing Day always creates a lot of drama. Welcome back to Crunch Time. LSU signs 25. McNeese signs 24. Louisiana signs 22. Golly, Cages, get your numbers up. <laughs> Rookie numbers, bump Golly, them up. Come on, Kidding, man. of course. Kidding, of course. It's always good when you have at least 20. No, absolutely. Always really good. And, and the, the thing with UL is, is, yeah, you only sign 22, but it's a good 22. It's a strong 22. Like, you see three stars left and right. Absolutely. It's throughout the whole class, which, so, is, which is always what you look for. You're, you're going you're gonna to be fine with, with that class, uh, as well as McNeese and LSU. Man, talking about McNeese, Gary Goff has them on the right track. It won't be long before McNeese is back in a state of prominence. Uh, one guy who's been in a state of prominence for the wrong reasons over the last couple of years is uh, Eric Gilbert. If, you, if you're wondering where that name comes from, he was the tight end, the number one tight end prospect in the country. Signed with LSU, was going to revitalize the LSU offense. Had a slow start to his freshman year, left LSU midseason. Signs with Florida, which was questionable, but fine. You're like, okay, maybe it works out for him, who knows? Whatever. Never plays a snap at Florida. Transfers again. Talks about coming back to LSU. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe LSU is the right school for me. Maybe I jumped the gun a little bit. I'm sorry. Batman. Signs with Georgia. Psych. I'm going to Georgia. I'm going to be a bulldog. Barely plays at Georgia. And when he did play, wasn't great, to be fair. He was okay. In the portal again. Swear you could write a novel about this guy's time in college. What? He might He might go through the whole SEC by the time he's done. You are wasting eligibility by sitting in the portal. It's like JT Daniels. He announced earlier today that he's transferring to Rice. That's his fourth school. It's his fourth school. He played at USC, Georgia, West Virginia, and now he's at Rice. 
It's wild. You know what else was wild? There's a player at Oregon by the name of Cam McCormick. He was granted a ninth, a ninth year of eligibility. I have never in my life seen that before. Nine years. He enrolled in 2016, redshirted, had season-ending injury in 2017 that he missed most of 2018 as well, and then he ended up missing all of 2019 and 2020 with a broken ankle that required multiple surgeries. He returned in September of 2021, but tore his Achilles in the first game of that season and missed the whole 2021 season. So he has applied for his ninth year of eligibility, which he was granted. Now, according to McCormick, he probably won't use that ninth year of eligibility. Um, he, he said he couldn't imagine playing for nine years. So he, he might be able to, he's currently thinking about returning for year eight. Bro's basically played a whole NFL career. Oh, yeah. He's played two average NFL careers oh, in yeah. college. It, it's absolutely it's absolutely incredible. Um, but, man, what a tough break. Just injury after injury after injury. I, I, I feel for guys that just, you know, end up going through stuff like that because so much talent just if it kind of feels like it gets wasted because they're hurt all the time. Update the poll question. Thoughts on LSU's recruiting class thus far? 74% say incredible. 16% say, yeah, I could have done better. And 10% say that you underperformed. Underperformed. How? It's there's the, a, there's it's a the, standard. It's the sixth recruiting class in the country. If you ain't first or last, rookie that's like, Bobby. That's like Florida fans. I have read so many comments on social media the last couple of days. Oh, fire Billy Napier. He doesn't know how to recruit. Florida's ninth. They're ninth in the country in rec- in their recruiting class. What do you mean he doesn't know how to recruit? Because he didn't land one kid that ended up going to Miami? He he he, he misses one kid and, and he can't recruit. That's how that works? Because if that's the case, grow up. Grow up! That's ridiculous! The man in his, barely his second year as being an SEC head coach, has a top 10 recruiting class? And you're going to say the man can't recruit? Come on. That's insane. That is absolute insanity to me. NBA news. The New Orleans Pelicans have been without Brandon Ingram for a while. But guess what? They will now be without Zion Williamson. Woo-hoo. He's hitting health, health and safety, and safety protocols. protocols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what that means. Zion got a little too close to somebody. He didn't stay six feet away. He dapped him up when he shouldn't have. And now, you know, he's he going to have to spend Christmas alone. He's going to have to spend it Poor. in a... In an incubation chamber. He, he, he's going to have to sit in his home theater and just watch Christmas movies all day. Darn. What a what a poor life. Sorry, Zion. And then come back like two weeks later and start playing basketball again. Right. Just being a dog again. Because, God, what a year he's having. It, it's, it's so impressive to see. Uh, so the Pelicans 
get another blow with, with Zion Williamson having to enter health and safety protocols. Another thing to look out for, James, do you remember the name Travis Hunter? Yes. He was the number I one. I do remember him. He was the number one recruit in the country last year. Mm-hmm. He flipped last minute from Florida State to Deion Sanders in Jackson State. Yeah. I, yep. Okay. So Deion goes to Colorado. You would think Travis is going to go with him to Colorado. Well, Travis entered the transfer portal. And everybody said, oh, okay, well, you know, he's going to Colorado with, with Deion. Yeah. But yet there's been no conversation about that. What Travis Hunter did say on Twitter earlier today is he said that he would announce where he is playing football when his YouTube page hit 100,000 subscribers. Well, I'm looking at his YouTube page. It's at 100,000. Where's the announcement? So where, where, where are you going to play, bud? You going to Oregon like some people said you are? Going to Miami, like some people were thinking you might. Are you making this a big spectacle and still just going to Colorado anyway? There, there's talks that he could go to Georgia. So where where, where, where are you going? We, we want to know. Where in the world is Travis Hunter going? Where? It, it, ABC News. Where is Travis Hunter? CBS Nightly News with Lester Holt. Where is Travis Hunter? I can see it now. I I know. I took it too far. I'm sorry, James. I, I'm becoming the line jumper now, not you. It's impressive, right? Look, in, in the spirit of Christmas giving, I figured that I would take that from you and, and just not have it be such a burden on you. In the spirit of giving, I'm taking away. Absolutely. I, I'm a, I'm, it's funny how that I'm, works. I'm burdening your troubles uh-huh. for you. Yeah. So I'm giving you freedom. I like how you've always called it Line jumping instead of just line crossing. Because line jumping sounds better. And it's the same thing. Jumping, crossing, you're still... It's the same thing. You're still progressing too far. I mean, that's kind of the gist of it, yeah. Oh, this this guy. Always got to be so technical with everything. You're just different. You're built alternatively. I'm built alternatively. Oh, my God. Take a time out. Who that Wednesday with Canal Street Chronicles? Brendan Ertle is next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. He's gonna go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Who That Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brendan Ertle. Got you got fitted for a ring yet, my guy. Uh, not yet, but got to get that done, you know? Uh, it's a nice it's a nice feeling. Las Vegas Bowl champions. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Feels good to be a winner. It does feel good to be a winner. Oh, buddy. Man, how are you? Uh, you know, uh, we, we got a big wheat this week uh, in Cleveland. Uh, so I would be a lot better if we didn't throw that game against the Bucks. Um, writing for an article for Kenosha right now and uh, talking about our playoff chances, and right now they're 2%, and if we would have won, they're around 70 So uh, that's just brutal. Yeah, that loss to Tampa still haunts us, and, mm-hmm. and, and it will for, for a very long time. Um, now, i, I got to ask, man, with, with Christmas on Sunday, are, are you still stuck in Corvallis? Um, actually, I'm back at home with the fam, and that is in uh, a place where many Saints fans hate, and that's Minnesota. 
Ooh, so, Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, not a fan. We'll we'll forgive you. Um, <laughs> as long as as long as we don't as long as we don't see any purple and gold on you, we'll we'll forgive you. Only purple and gold will be LSU. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, getting to the New Orleans Saints now, another big blow on the injury report. Cesar Ruiz goes down. Um, what what are your thoughts on on that issue? I I heard it was a Liz Frank injury, which is just brutal for him. I think he was having probably one of the best years uh, he's had, and then out of all the linemen, I think he's been one of the best as well. Uh, brutal at the timetable. I mean, it's such a random injury, and I guess Liz Frank in New Orleans is. Uh, a horrible person. We all hate her. We don't know who her, who she is, but I don't like her. Uh, happened to taste him last year, ended his season. Um, it's, it's, it's a brutal injury for him. I don't really know the exact timetable, but I, mean, I hope he'd be good for next year. I know it's something that will take a while, and for a big guy like him, it's definitely not something you wanted to hear. Um, and then, you know, Chris Olave has in practice this week, and Jarvis was added to the injury report as well. So, uh, Nick kind of touched on it a little bit on Twitter, and he was like, this is just the most unlucky span of two years he's seen with a football team, and that's just that's just right. I mean, it's been two years of some of the most unlucky injuries I've ever seen. Some other injuries on the injury report, Chris Olave and Pete Warner, neither one of them practiced, uh, both dealing with hamstring issues. Feel like it might be a little more precautionary that they're not practicing than anything? Uh, yeah, and uh, this this game is going to be really, really interesting because it, it's going to be freezing. It's going to be, I saw that there's going to be like gusts of 30 to 35 mile per hour winds, which is just crazy. Um, and this is going to be going to be a game where you have your healthiest guys out there. You can't have guys with hurt hammies, hurt calves because they're going to get pulled. They're going to be freezing. Um, and I, I don't, I think losing a lave is a big loss, especially if you can't play in this game, but this game's got to be dominated in the running game, anyways. If if they want to win this game, they got to be able to run the ball. So, uh, especially if it's it's wet or snowing, I don't know the exact forecast of the game, but just in a freezing game like this, you need to be able to run the ball and you play good defense. And it's something the Browns have kind of struggled with is scoring offensively, which has been surprising. I mean, we all remember the Deshaun Watson fiasco, and uh, I don't know if we dodged the bullet necessarily with how he's playing. But it hasn't been to the expectation that, that all Browns fans thought. So uh, definitely a winnable game, but uh, would love to see Alave out there. And if not, I think uh, seeing Rashad Rashid as a wide receiver one will be extremely interesting, and I'm all for it. You say Rashad Rashid? I, I always <laughs> – that, that, that name will always haunt me. Rashid Shaheed! Um, it's it's so it's so just it rhymes it's ah, I just can't do it. Well, Rashid Shahid. There there it is. Look at him getting it going. <laughs> well, talking about him, but also looking at Jawan Johnson, they start to really carve out a role in this offense as young, talented players. What are your thoughts on them kind of just expanding over these last few weeks? I, I'm I've been a huge fan of Jawan since since college. I saw him play at Oregon. And it's been, it's been kind of funny to see his emergence in the NFL because he was kind of a, no, I don't want to say nobody, but he was kind of a project at Penn State. He did some good things at Oregon. Um, didn't really make these flashy plays, but always made uh, a play or two here and there. And ever since he moved to tight end, it feels like he's been a, a really big steal, honestly. 
and he's been a favorite of Andy. He's been a favorite of Jameis at times, and um, he has seven touchdowns. He's second in the NFL in terms of tight end. So uh, we came into the year saying, you know, it's going to be Taysom at tight end. It's going to be Adam Troutman. It's going to be Vinette. It's going to be maybe Lucas Kroll. But it's been tight end one, Juwan Johnson, all year. He's one of my favorite players on this offense. He's one of the most consistent um, and I think he's going to keep getting better and better if he can keep uh, carving out that run run game, uh, run blocking and things like that. I think he could be even better than he is. But as a receiving threat, you know, he played wide receiver for most of his life, so he's, he's got it all. And we see each and every single week, if, if you're in the fantasy playoffs, Juwan Johnson's a must-start because he's a touchdown machine. Uh, he trails only Travis Kelsey. Uh, and I really like it's one of the few things that I really, really love that P has done is really force John Johnson to be a key part of this of this offense and it, it felt like when we didn't have him uh what was it Tampa that it we really did miss him it, there was a there was a, a factor of this offense that didn't click the way it should when we were missing Juwan so I think moving forward uh with Juwan and Olave I think you got two really good young pieces on your offense you know looking at this matchup on Sunday I mean on Saturday Brendan with with Cleveland the defensive line for the Saints has has been kind of suspect this season. You have games mm-hmm. where it shows up, games where it doesn't. Uh, to have a two-headed running back monster for Cleveland and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Scale of 1 to 10, how terrified are you? 11. Um, this there is, it is. Uh, it, it's a very, very good running offense. It's 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 been good since Chubb entered the league. Uh, Kareem's good. They have even... You know, Dearness Johnson is good. They have so many good backs, and it's something they really focus on is just stuffing the ball down your throat. And if you can't stop it, they're not going to stop. I mean, if Deshaun Watson doesn't need a throw, he's not going to. And he adds an element to the offense as well where he can run when he when he needs to as well. So it can't be a suspect performance. We can't have Davenport not showing up. We can't have Onyemata showing up. Uh, there's been weeks where a tackle stepped up. Contavious uh, Street played pretty well last week, and then Shai Tuttle, uh, Malcolm Roach has had a good game, Anyamata's had a good game. It needs to be consistent. And um, I mean, we kind of talk about it a little bit. Ryan Nielsen's a uh, great coach, but his unit hasn't performed the way it should. And uh, I really look at Davenport and Anyamata, and those are two guys that are going to be needing a new contract here pretty soon. And uh, at this given moment, I say, you know, those aren't players they necessarily want to keep because they haven't performed to their level that they should. Um, Davenport's got half a sack. I mean, that's just, just miserable. Uh, at the defensive end position, there's, there's times where you just kind of are in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the wrong time. But if you play enough games, you'll get a sack if you're getting pressure, and you'll just get lucky. They'll just come to you. If, if you're making the plays you should, they'll just come to you. And the fact that we haven't really even seen – Anything from him. Half a sack. I mean, Chris Harris has a sack. I mean, come on. Uh, we haven't seen enough from Al Yamada. I mean, he, he was kind of the, the up and coming player that we all thought it was going to break out year. Last year gets, uh, bust for PEDs, misses six games. This year hasn't really done much. And it feels like the weight on Cam is just getting heavier and heavier. Uh, Peyton Turner had a good week and then he goes down. So it's been a really miserable performance for this defensive line. And, it cannot be a week where, where, where they're average or just good. It need, they need to be really, really, really good to win this game. And um, They definitely have the potential to be, but we haven't really seen it. 
Continuing on with uh, Kareem Hunt, he becomes a free agent. We thought he would maybe get traded, but he didn't, and he kind of showed a certain disin uh just wasn't happy that he wasn't traded. If he does leave Cleveland after this year because he's a free agent, would you want him to suit up in the black and gold? I would definitely not be against it. And that's Kareem Hunt's an interesting guy because if you remember the rookie year, um, Kamara's rookie year, it was Kamara Rookie of the Week, Kareem Hunt Rookie of the Week, Kamara Rookie of the Week, Kareem Hunt Rookie of the Week. And they were kind of fighting for that Rookie of the Year um, nod when he was in Kansas City before stuff went down with him where he got released. But he and Kamara were the two top dogs coming out of the draft. And it, it would be cool to pair those guys together. I think it's a good combination of, you know, kind of that boom and zoom that we saw with, with Kamara and Ingram way back when. But it doesn't matter if it's if it's if it's him, if it's someone else. I think uh, running backs a lot bigger need than we're really talking about. I mean, we saw it on we saw it on Sunday. Um, the Saints should have won by probably ten plus points, and they won by three, barely. Uh, David Johnson fumbling on a goal line at this point of his career with his position can't do that. Uh, Ingram just a couple weeks ago stepping out of bounds early can't do that. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Washington's missed most of the year. Um, it's really been a miserable spot, and Kamara, I'm not really happy with his usage. He has three touchdowns on the year, and they're all in one game. So um, I think the running back position could be filled in free agency. It could be filled, you know, in day two of the draft. Um, there was rumors that things were interested in, you know, guys like Jonathan Taylor when he was in the draft and things like that. So I think we'll hear – uh, a little bit more buzz this this offseason, especially about things I maybe a younger running back in that room. Brendan Ertle joining us as we slowly start to wrap up. Obviously, the conversation Brendan has been surrounding Dennis Allen and, and what could be his future with the franchise. Uh, do you think Dennis Allen's seat is hot? Do you think he returns next year? What are your thoughts on that? It's going to be a conversation that we keep having and keep having and keep having because I think his seat is warm, but it's not as hot as it, as it probably should be because um, it look at the excuses he has. I mean, they're banged up every week. There's new injuries every week. Um, if, if anything, I think we'll see a change with the OC, the DC, um, maybe not you know firing anyone on the defensive court, in the defensive coaching room, but maybe making someone the full-time defensive coordinator and having someone else step, step back. And maybe they run it back with Dennis and um, say, you know, we need to change the coaching staff a little bit, maybe get rid of Doug Monroe, maybe get rid of Pete, um, be, Carmich- uh, be Carmichael, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I know a lot of fans want him gone, but if you fire him, there's not many good there's not many good prospects out there, and you don't really have a very good um, formula for winning. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have money. You don't have draft picks. Uh, I think the only situation where it would make sense to, yeah, get rid of this guy immediately is if Sean Payton does return, and there is some sort of interest in him returning to New Orleans. I think you would at least have to try. Mickey and Sean are such close friends that you at least had to ask, like, would you have a little bit of interest joining this team because – the things you want are a solid culture, good management, and we have both of those. Uh, we don't have a quarterback, and that's your fault. But, you know, if you're interested, 
we'll let you back. And I don't think Dennis Allen uh, in that situation would be back with the team. Um, I don't think fans would, would hate that. But, yeah, it hasn't been great. The team's not coached very well, and it seems like they're outcoached a lot. But I, I think it's seat's warm. It's definitely warm. Um, but if they beat the Bucks just a couple weeks ago, if, you know, marking a rhythm step out of bounds a yard early, um, I think his seat is more than safe. And then really quickly, what's your final prediction for Saints-Browns on Saturday? Oh, so it's cold, it's windy, no Lave, maybe. No, I mean, Jarvis is on the injury report as well. No Cesar Ruiz, Andy Dalton. Uh, I, I got I got the Browns win that game in, in a very low-scoring game. I'll say 13-9, to Browns win, Saints are eliminated from the playoffs. Yikes! What's Brendan Ertle getting for Christmas this year? Uh, hopefully not Cole. And uh, the only thing I asked for was a quarterback, and I don't think I'm going to get that. Oof! So Cole, right? <laughs> yep, Cole. I, mean, that's I, what I think I, I I already got it, but I got some got some red hot Cole and Andy Dalton. So, oh, um, by by the way, while we while we got you, we brought up the the Air Force One Nolas. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw a special woman in your life hooked you up with those. Good, good stuff. You no, know, if if your lady knows you, she knows you, and um, I'm definitely wearing those in the dome. Good, good, good stuff, man. Brendan Ertle joining us for Who Dat Wednesday. Brendan, appreciate you each and every week, bud. Have a Merry Christmas with you and your family, and uh, we'll do it again next week, my friend. Yes, sir. You guys too, and uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Tune in next week for another edition of Who Dat Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Helpful holiday tip number 60. Debating whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not is pointless. Die Hard is awesome. So go ahead and sit back and watch John McClane kick butt. This helpful holiday tip is brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Tune in tonight from 6 to 7 for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers. Line a bed out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzolo will be talking all things Cowboys, including recapping National Signing Day for the football team. So tune in tonight starting at 6 for the McNeese Coaches Show right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. So as we wrap up today's show, I don't know if you know this or not, James Mesh needs help in more ways than one. You're just, you're just special, bud. You're special. Do you want to, do you want to announce what you just told me during the timeout? Look, we'll have a poll question about this tomorrow. Christmas calories don't count. They don't. They don't count. If you get chocolate as a Christmas gift in your stocking, somebody bakes you cookies. All the food you eat on Christmas Day, it doesn't count. It doesn't. You can eat, you have a window that you can eat as much as you want, and it's fine. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to say anything bad about you. Just, it's fine. It doesn't count. That's our promo. I mean, whatever. Thanks to Jared Rozier, Jay Walker, and Brendan Ertle for joining us today. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well. 
Hug Your Mom and Them, Jim Gazzolo and the McNeese Coaches Show is next here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and world champion Houston Astros.